0: This is episode number 138 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're a DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Homeowner Show. We're glad that you could join us for this. I, well, it's, it's a late night edition of the show, Kev. Dude,
0: it's super late.
1: It's the Homeowner it's Show. At
0: night. Yeah. The, the, I mean we've let's be honest, we've done some late night stuff before <laughs> we, we we could have started an hour and a half ago, and yet here we are just starting for the first time,
1: oh yeah, so like we we've we've done some upgrades to the studio we got some yep. we got some new mics rocking, we got yeah. some new gear rocking, yeah, which is great because I was just able to take away the bumpity bumps mm. without actually having to cut out the bumpity oh my bumps gosh. so um <laughs> i'm 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 feeling particularly giddy about about everything right now.
0: Well, you should be because that that's one of the things that I think the, the people that, that know us well, uh huh, I, I think they probably bet on us secretly. Like, are we gonna get the bumpity bumps yeah, this week? Which one are we gonna get? Is are we it the bumpity bumps or no bumpity? It's bumps? a fun drinking game. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely is. Because it, it, you never know. You never know. It, it's it's it could be one or it could be the other. Yeah. So, so
1: I, I I I I was gonna lie, I didn't tell you about this really I made a fun upgrade to my home, uh oh. today. Okay. Yeah. So y- you know the house. Yeah. How? Well, it's it's weird. It's weird.
0: Yeah, it just is. So
1: one of the one of the, like we have one area of the house where we can watch TV.
0: Yes. Down Basically the first floor. The first floor. Yeah.
1: So which is a struggle because sometimes the wife and I have things that we want to watch. Mm. And there's these annoying other people that live in the house with us.
0: They're called children. Yes. Yeah.
1: And they don't like to watch the things that we want to watch and or they want to use the TV when we want to use the TV, which is right. not that often. Right. Um, we're not big TV people. But we have a second TV. Mm-hmm. and it But just like the way it worked out, it ended up in the same room, which was just dysfunctional. <laughs> so um, you, have,
0: you basically have two TVs in the same room. Right. Poor choice.
1: Yeah. So we couldn't. We didn't want a TV upstairs. Right. Basically because there's not a place to put it. But there's been three or four occasions now where my wife has said, man, I really wish we had a TV upstairs so that, you know, we could go send the kids. They can watch whatever they want. We can stay down here. We can watch our shows. Right. So what I did is I got this cool roller cart for the TV.
0: Like it, like an old school, like church cart? No. Oh, okay.
1: It's, it's like a pole. And then at the bottom it's a wide base with wheels on it. Okay. And so and it's a smart TV, so it's like you don't need anything else other than that TV. Right. So all we do is like we've got an extension cord hidden underneath one of the bookshelves. We pull that out, plug the TV in, they can watch whatever they want when we're done, unplug it, roll it in the closet. Boom. Living room looks like normal
0: again. Craig Craig, here's the problem. You're you're way too logical right now. Uh-huh. Like I I don't think enough people in the world are logical enough to do what you just did which is like bring something out when you want it hide it when you don't yeah it's perfect it's yeah I, it, I, I, and
1: if you if you know what my living room looks like upstairs yeah it makes perfect sense to do that
0: well yeah because you've got in in the upstairs you've got the second floor and the second and a half floor and the third floor and the all third exposed floor. right so you got to kind of figure out what you want to do
1: well and if you want like the more people you have you can this one you can actually like raise it up like i mm. think 12 inches. Okay. Like you can, it, 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 yeah. It has a lot of capability.
0: It's yeah. It's multi-purpose. Yes. Okay. And multifunctional. Can
1: wait. Well, I mean, it's not that big of a TV, but like you, you know, you could a lot of people gather around.
0: Okay. <laughs> or oh, are we talking like a like a 13 inch TV, or are we talking like a 32 inch TV? No,
1: it's like a 36 inch TV. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's big enough for the kids. <laughs> That's all they. We get eat. Big Bertha downstairs.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: So cool. But yeah, so we we have we have our first like in studio guest for like a, a while now. Yeah, because and, and from what I a hear, lot of,
0: we've done done a lot of remote. A lot guests, of remote. Which, which, yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's been fantastic. Because we've been we've actually had a lot of really cool guests on our show. That if if we tried to do that in, in person, it just would have been impossible. Yeah. We We wouldn't have been able to. Right. We're not going to Arkansas. No, well, not for the show. Who who wants to go to Arkansas? Well, I do. I lived there for 10 years. It's actually awesome.
1: (laughs) So, but like our guest today, I I hear is like your friend.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the guest today has been my friend for a while. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, I was six when I met, when I met this guy. Okay. Yeah. So he lived across the street from me and, uh, he and I've been, uh, well, we've been best friends ever since then. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so since I was, there's, I, I'll just tell you this, like, I, I think there's a lot of people who have best friends, mm-hmm. they've been best friends for a long time or whatever, I, I don't know very many people who've been best friends since they were six. Uh, or, yeah, that's that's, that's true. It's a, a long time, I mean, I mean, depending on how old you are, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> If you're seven. <laughs> right, yeah, I, exactly, but no. But um, also if you're
1: seven, why are you listening to this show?
0: <laughs> something, something has gone bad. Yeah. If that's happened. So, yeah, uh, so today, something weird kind of happened. So um, I I have kind of a big birthday coming up on Monday, Uh uh, which which is a day before this show is actually airing. Um,
1: So everyone can send you the the birthday notifications.
0: That's right. Yeah, go ahead and do that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, just light it up on Facebook. It'll be glorious. Exactly. So I've got kind of a big birthday, apparently. By big
1: birthday, you mean you're, you're old.
0: Yes, I, apparently the 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 over the hill point. Right. Um. So
1: got a big box because the pen's coming for you, buddy.
0: <laughs> whatever. Uh. So anyway, um. So my my wife has been um, she she's apparently been planning for a while. Uh huh. And, and you've been part of this, have I? On, on some level, I think
1: I was told to play coy.
0: Well, <laughs> coy you've been. Uh. So anyway, um. She she told me this afternoon. She was like, hey. Your stupid dog has been tearing up the yard again. He's been digging, she's been digging holes back there. So, have you even seen what's going on back there? And I was like, no, what's going on? So, I, you know, just instinctively walk back there. I walk back there and uh, Eric shows up. So, anyway, Eric, uh, Eric and I have been friends for a very, very long time um, since we were, I was six, he was seven, he's a year older than me. But anyway, um, so he's here, and you and I already had a podcast planned. I was like, let's just do this, Yeah,
2: right? So here we are. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. So um, best friends? Yeah. I mean, Kevin likes to say that. Really, he would tell you Kimberly is his best friend, <laughs> uh-huh. so I come in a close second. But I did uh, deliver her uh, wedding band via a remote-controlled Ford Mustang okay. uh, down the aisle at their church where they got married, which would to also be the car Kevin drove at the time. So...
0: Yeah this is I I'm 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 not really going well. to lie. This is one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. So so Eric was actually not my best man, <laughs> but I was. Only because In my spirit. Yeah, only because I had a brother, right? Um
2: <laughs> Does Brian
0: listen to this? No. Okay, good. Um on. I had I had legal obligations. <laughs> exactly. So so my brother was my best man and honestly my brother and I are very very close, but yep. um but Eric and I've been, you know, very very close for a long time. You didn't anyway, choose
2: Brian. It's true. Yeah, it was good uh, to you.
0: So so, at, at the time that it was you know time to bring the the ring out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, very coy like since we're using that word. Yeah, brings out um a, a remote control <laughs> and th- this is a long aisle. We're we're not talking about a short aisle at this church. This this aisle is probably a
2: hundred feet long.
0: And he uh, expertly drives this um, this remote control car. Only
2: almost wrecked it once. Drove it <laughs> uh, drove it under uh, an aisle, uh, but masterfully backed it out. Yeah, it was uh, it, it
0: was pretty perfect.
2: And and skidded it to a stop right at the end, yeah, just to swerve I don't at know the how stop. You did that. I'm, yeah. I'm a great RC driver. That's that's a, I was introduced at an early age. The Richard Petty of RC honed honed my skills so endearing uh your dear wife to me at an early early phase
0: so now, what was the most impressive thing and i don't think this was planned i think it just happened to be as soon as he skidded this thing to a stop the hood pops mm. open <laughs> and it just so happened the ring was inside where like the engine yep. compartment would be and um yeah slid to a stop turned opened up, the ring was right there perfect. That, I don't know how you could have planned that any differently. No, <laughs> and I
2: don't know any other way where Kimberly would have been happy with what we no, did because no. it truly brought her wedding to a standstill of That's everyone true. hoping and praying that I would not crash this <laughs> <Right>? car coming <laughs> actually, down the aisle actually, delivering a what's very really, beautiful ring.
0: What's really funny, it was beautiful. It is beautiful. You chose uh, it. What's what's Yeah, what's really pretty... Funny is that that wasn't even the beginning. The beginning of it started off with Cracker Jacks. Everybody pulled yeah, out Cracker Jacks. That was jacks. Brian's idea. Yeah, that was Brian's idea. Yeah. So anyway, um, Eric and I have been friends for a long, long time. But um, as he showed up randomly on my back porch this morning, uh, this afternoon, sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, he showed up, and I was shocked um, and surprised, and it was awesome. Uh, that being said, um, we had this podcast planned. Yeah. And so I was like, look, he's here, and honestly, he's done some, quite a few things involving uh, real estate and uh, flipping houses and those kind of stuff. And I was like, listen, let's just talk to this guy. He's here. We don't get this opportunity very often. So here he is, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, but before we do that, I, I have I have some questions first. Okay. So uh, best friend status, right? Mm. You want to fight for him? I can do that. Okay. I feel like you don't know him that well then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. A, I know a. See, here's the irony. I know a version of Kevin. See, because it lo- like, look at him.
1: This is a face that only a mother could love. I agree, but I met also his can't, mom. He
2: can't fight for himself. So I've someone met his has mom to fight for And I'm for not him. convinced that even she. I think his like, dad has strong feelings for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I don't know that they're, like, warm, fuzzy feelings. No. No, but, but they're, they're not. They're paternal instincts right. nonetheless. And, and, like, okay, so, like, it's his, I, it's his birthday. we like, we got to pick it. on him.
2: I would do it. Okay. Oh, you no one is better at picking okay. on Kevin than me. You Let's, pick the right person if that's right, what good. you want to do right now. All right.
1: Feeling better about you already.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, I come with
1: a full clip. Here's the problem, this.
0: folks. I got two people who like me a little bit too much and hate me all at the same <laughs> time. This, this is way it's too a, perfect for it's them. It's a spiritual
1: <laughs> gift. It's a fun show. So it's all about the good. So so here was here was my concept for 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 tonight. Okay. Since all of us are aged.
0: Mm. Yes, that's true. And we've,
1: and we've all bought homes. Yeah. And sold homes. True. So if you could then you know. Reach back in time and 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 talk to your you know twenty twenty five year old self
0: mm-hmm.
1: like what what do you wish that you knew about your house then that you know now okay yeah. I'm I'm down. We can do that. Yeah, sure. See. Yeah. So because like I think because like all of us are kind of in like different situations too. Kev, I know you're looking for some property and wanting to build. You're yeah. actually in the middle of building, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And yep. I don't know what the heck I'm doing.
0: What well, you've got the weird house. <laughs> yeah. We all know that. Yeah. So. so
1: obviously I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we'll get it, we'll get it sorted. Sure. The, the good news is I'm still better off than I was then. True. So, oh. um. Who like well? Let's let's do this. What was first home, bedroom, bathroom,
2: square footage? All right, Eric, you go first. Uh, first home actually, uh, first home that I purchased was uh, new construction. Uh, so I, I would I would have to venture into both the two my first two homes. First home was new construction. I was single at the time, and it was uh thirteen ninety eight three two. Um. It was in a brand new neighborhood and I bought it uh, two months before they actually finished construction, so I was able to pick some of the finish out. Uh, the, the, That's nice. One of the it really was and one of the best parts about that home being that it was a three bedroom under 1,400 square feet was there was not a single hallway in the entire house. Wow uh, there was I mean you, you have a, a basically a 20 by 20 living room which is gigantic for a home of that square footage. Uh, every bedroom came off the main living area. There was a slight indentation where the second bathroom was, but the, the, the first bathroom was obviously in the master bedroom, and then there was a breakfast nook. And so I will say this for that builder, um, ended up having to get out of it really quickly and was somewhat upside down on almost on it, but the use of the square footage of it was incredible, and it has influenced every single home I have bought since then.
0: Hmm. W- was that because of that living area specifically, or was it just because of the way it was laid out?
2: it it was the way it was laid out uh again i was single at the time and so I, I at this phase of my life with children i wouldn't go back and do that same thing again because there wasn't a main dining area there was a breakfast nook and so it was more almost of an entertaining kind of kind of floor plan but it had a really big master bedroom a really big master bathroom of course new construction great bathrooms uh walk-in uh walk-in shower separate bathtub and so uh i think that the it was a very modern layout for a home And, uh, I think that the, the, the other two bedrooms, uh, played into that as well. I think one of them, I believe if looking back, one of them was (laughs) 10 by 11 and the other one was 11 by 12. Uh, and so neither one of them were very large. And so I think they utilized their square footage really well for a starter home. It said, you know, look, as the, as the owner of this home, you have a great living space. You have a great bedroom space. You have a great master bath space. Everything else is secondary. They're kids. They don't need any space. They're, They're... they can they a can closet get closet under the stairs. That's, that's right, what they a need. Hovel. That's right. You know, right. all they need is a hovel. And so, uh, I, it was is incredibly the only reason I was upside down on it. So this would have been um I purchased purchased that home in 2006. The only reason I was upside down on it is because I had to sell it six months after I bought it. Had I not been able to do that, I could have I still sold it for, uh, you know, almost almost what I paid for it. And Mm. so, um, you know, if I'd have been able to stay in that house three or four years, I definitely would have come out on the other side because I made several improvements to it immediately after buying it. So um, second home was a whole different story. I bought a 30 year home, 30, (laughs) 30 year old home, second home. So if we want to talk about that. That's a different story.
1: So you feel like the first one was a smarter move than the second one?
2: Um, It depends on what you're looking for. So you made the comment about how I'm building right now. I've I've already built one home uh, on 55 acres. Uh, after leaving that home, every every home I've owned was a little further out of town. That first home was on the edge of the city limits. My back fence was out of town, so you know, yeah, I could as long as I walked past my back fence, I could shoot fireworks and guns and burn things. <laughs> uh, my next home was on six acres outside of Longview, Texas. Then I moved uh, to Lyndale, which is just north of Tyler, and it was a Satterwhite white log home on 20 acres. Learned a lot with that about. You know log homes and and the construction and the the, the longevity aspect of dead standing timber. Uh, so every time I've moved out, it's been a di- my my goal has always been to be on acreage and to be uh, further away from not society as a whole, but just to have a have a space of my own, which I know is something that Kevin is looking for right now as well. Yeah. We've talked a lot about that, and so I was able to compromise on a lot of things, given the acreage that I had. That first home that I bought on acreage on six acres had a pond uh had a, a live creek running through the property mm. and so it was a it was it was so easy to sell i i i i uh i netted 60 grand on the sale of that home nice. when i sold it uh only only investing about 9 into it so um a lot of that with with owning country property there's a i think there's a threshold if you can stay in that 20 acre range you're able to make a lot of money Anything above that, you narrow your market so much yeah. because it really minimizes who can purchase your home. Uh, that it changes things. But if you can stay under twenty acres and under thirty-five hundred square feet on a home, you really stand to be able to make a lot of money if you're willing to do certain upgrades to your home.
1: Yeah,
2: I took us way off topic. No, yeah, no, no, I no, no,
1: no. I agree with you. I mean, like, yeah. you, you definitely like you'll see around here in particular, you'll see. You know, parcels of property that have a house on it under 20 acres, more expensive than ones over 20 acres. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has to do a lot with the house, right? Um, but you'll you'll still see that quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it's I think part of it is it's, it's it's almost easier to manicure 20 acres than it is you know 30 or 40 acres.
2: A lot of that depends on the ex- the uh, exemption you're able to get on the property as well because on a on a smaller property whether you're going to going to go to a timber exemption or an agricultural exemption you can't afford the taxes right. on anything over an acre and a half and so you're going to have to go for something and so uh w- whether you know in a in an urban setting you can have chickens you can have goats you can have things that are low maintenance uh that's going to get you your ag exemption but if you're regularly harvesting timber off the property like my property in Lindale uh, you're able to not have to have that animal exemption and still basically only pay your taxes on your homestead. Yeah. And so without that, I looked at a property um, that was uh, 20 acres mm-hmm. that had no agricultural exemption, and the uh, <laughs> the monthly taxes on the home were more than the mortgage. Wow. Jeez and I mean, this is
1: surprising but no yeah. it's
2: not but when you you look at a you look at a listing price and that's something you need to consider when you're looking at the price of a home is all the other uh, things on the outside of that it's not just what your monthly mortgage is going to be is what's your what's your insurance going to be what's your upkeep going to be you know it had a pool and yeah. so what was the upkeep on that be but then when you see that t- the, the county taxes and you look at our, even though you're not in the city limits if you have a junior college in your county you're going to be paying into that you're going to be paying into your school district and so it's not just the market. There's so many other things you have to consider when buying that that property.
1: Yeah, well, like even on that, I mean, like if you if, if it's an unexempted parcel of land, like we're just talking like a twenty, mm-hmm. is that what you said? It was acres? it was twenty acres. Yeah. So I mean, like even if you go to, into that and you say, well, I'll just make it ag exempt. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't realize is like if it's never been an agriculturally exempt piece of property, you have to show five years of history. Yes. Yes. So not only are you having to pay the taxes on those twenty acres while you build that five years Mm -hmm. of history, you have to do the investment of the agriculture to show the five years of Mm -hmm. history, um, which can be, I mean, that can almost be more expensive than the taxes themselves.
2: It's incredibly expensive. And there's a third kind of exemption you can get called a wild off exemption. Right. Which a lot of people do. It is. And so that's what I did on my last property. I, I, I purchased 55 acres in Henderson County, which is about an hour southeast of Dallas. And it was under an ag exemption, so I went to the appraisal district, and I talked to them about it, and they said, well, it's currently under hay production. And I said, um, 49 of the 55 acres are heavily treed. There is no hay production on this property. Yeah. And they said, well, what we have is that it says 35 acres are under hay production. Basically, the former owner had lied about it, and the county extension <laughs> agent had never come out to check the property. Yeah. And so I was going to be honest about Which it. Which is and- very
0: odd. Uh- that that happens all the time.
2: Well, uh, it made me th- it made life a lot more difficult for me. I lost mm-hmm. my ag exemption on the property, right. which made me lose my I was pr- in the process at the time of purchasing a 75 horsepower John Deere tractor oh that I paid all the taxes on. Yeah. Because a wildlife exemption does not give you taxable tax tax breaks it gives you the break on the property Mm. but even as you were saying Craig you have to make continual with the wildlife wildlife exemption you have to make continual improvements to the property every year reaching one of seven different market improvements on the property Uh, actually three of seven every year sorry and so even that is an investment ongoing uh, you know far beyond Maybe on an ag exemption, what do you pay for diesel or fertilizer or something like that? You know, yeah. timber is by far and away the easiest. All you're doing is paying a company to come in and harvest your, your trees. So mm. uh, it was a lesson hard learned that I wish I had learned ahead of time. But, again, with each home that you purchase, with each property you purchase, you learn something new. So we're
1: uh, – and this is uh, – because my, my ag exemption kicks in this year because mm-hmm. I've – Oh,
2: so you've done the five. I've done the five. Right,
1: right. Um, are, So are you – and I, I'm not aware of this. Were you able? Are you able to write off the taxes on ag equipment?
2: Uh, on my wildlife exemption, I was not. Uh huh. Uh, on an ag exemption and on a timber exemption, you are. Okay. So there are specific different kinds of uh, that are centered under each one. Like for instance, a tractor qualifies under each one. Okay. Uh, I had a timber exemption on my property in uh, Smith County, which is North Tyler. Yeah. Uh, I had a log grapple on my tractor, and that's that was what I used it for. Uh, but I was simply using it for, uh, selling cordwood for firewood. I wasn't having a tip because it was only 20 acres. So I couldn't, it wasn't like I was clear cutting it. Um, with an ag exemption, you're able to write off a lot of different things that you can't with a timber exemption. You can write off almost anything that applies to the property for the purpose of supplementing your agricultural operation. And so, okay. uh, it goes, You know, beyond the diesel of your tractor, beyond the purchase of your tractor, beyond all the implements for your tractor, it goes to, on my ag exemption, I could write off uh, an axe or a chainsaw, or sorry, on my timber. But on my ag exemption, if I had kept that, you can write off feed for your animals, you can write off an incredible amount of things. Uh, many more than a timber exemption. Timber is very specific. Uh, sure. If you go on the Texas state website, you you'll see about 25 things that you can write off. The ag exemption is way more encompassing. Okay. Uh, it's just that it's n- nothing I've ever had. I could have kept it if I hadn't wanted to be honest with the appraisal district. <laughs> but you know, you got to live with yourself.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, there's there's a
2: laundry list of things you can write
1: on. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I mean, mine, yeah, mine's for bees, but like,
2: but that counts. That yeah. counts. That's and, and that is what a lot of small uh, anything over anything between that five and ten acres, which I think is what you're on here. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what a lot of folks do. Uh, a mutual friend of Kevin and I, Danny Snell, he, he raised bees for many years until they died in a hard freeze, even though he had hay, you know, surrounding the beehives, and mm-hmm. so uh, that's what a lot of folks do. Yeah,
0: yeah it's one of those deals where. It, it's funny how how some of those things work because so many people can get away with saying they have an ag exemption of some sort because they're uh, they're inundated with um, the people that come out and check all those things. They're inundated with people saying, "Look, we've got an ag exemption." They're gonna they're not checking all of those things all the time. So there's a lot of people that are lying about that. In fact, we uh, Craig and I have a mutual friend who. I was asking him the other day about <laughs> about hey, I was like, like how how are your bees doing? I mean, I know you got a you, you're, you're working on your bee,
2: what your bees, your, and he was yeah. like he was
0: like yeah. So I, I know I'm supposed to have bees, but they swarmed multiple times and I haven't gone and bought new ones. But mm-hmm. you, you know that that's one of those things that un, unless someone is coming out and regularly checking those things. Um, now, we are in no way advocating that you should lie yeah. about this thing, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of people that do, unfortunately, and so – you know, you got to you got to live with your like you said, Eric. You got to live with yourself and and kind of figure out like what am I willing to do? What am I what am I able to do? What am I going to do in order to make sure that I'm I'm living up to the thing that I'm telling people that I'm living up to.
2: Well, I can tell you about myself that I I'd, I'd recently sold it, back in January that property was sold, the 55 acres that I was that I purchased and the county extension agent came out to that property for the new homeowner to look at it and kind of evaluate their ag exemption. I live in a county that only has about thirty thousand residents for the whole county. Mm. Y'all are in a much more densely populated area, here. sure. And so, you know, the ability for them to come out and examine an individual property is much more probable than it is here. So, I would I would readily assume that people abusing that happen happens a lot more often. Is that a county agent?
1: Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, county yeah. extension agent okay. that comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: like, I, mean, I I don't I don't know that a lot of people
1: realize like how bad that problem is where like people aren't being uh, inspected on a regular basis. Yeah. Mm. You know, like in, in my business, like we get inspected like every other year and like, please don't hear me saying like, I would like to be inspected more. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like, like there, I would like other people who aren't as responsible as the way that we do things to be inspected more or Like, like people who have had, you know, serious strikes be, you know, have, you know, More frequent visits or sooner Mm -hmm. visits or different things like that, and so like like it really frustrates me when I when I hear things like well, and and like even even our county agent like when I told him what we were doing and I established our history five years ago, he told me you know hey just give me a call when you're done and I said cool you're just gonna come out and check it and he goes no I'll probably just do a phone call, yeah And, and it's like it's it's because he has like bigger fish to fry sure you know like I like. He's, he's really not interested in coming out and, like, doing a look-see at my six beehives, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not worth his time. Right. But, like, at the same time, if I were a dishonest person, like, hey, do you have six beehives? Yep. Here's a picture. Yeah. I found it on <laughs> yeah, Google. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> and it's one of those deals where, where so many people could say, yeah, it's not a big deal. They're probably not coming out here anyway. So you really kind of got to figure out, like, what is it that I'm going to do? And, and at the end of the day, Craig and I would tell you just do it the right way because at the end of the day, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And that's what you're legally obligated to do. And just because someone doesn't necessarily check up up on you doesn't mean that you shouldn't do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So. All
2: right, so so to circle back around, first house, mm-hmm. what, what do you wish that you knew then that you know now? Let me go to my second house because my first house was kind of – I just kind of slid into it. I bought a – uh About a 1980, 1980 square foot, also built in 1980 (laughs) uh, square foot home, um, had the uh, old, it had had a heat pump in the home,
1: Uh
2: um, and so uh, the compressors on the exterior of the home were what what you would call now the style that are used in mobile homes. They were long, low, and rectangular. Uh, They were 27 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I had, uh, having had a, a brand new home for my first time, I, I, literally didn't even have an inspection done on it. You know, it's not even required to, mm. to, to, for your, your insurance company to have you done that, to do that. And so I had an inspection done on this home and one of the, they, one of the smart things that I did, they came and cleaned out the ventilation system as a result of that. You know, they checked the HVAC and everything was, was working. But one thing I learned that I wish I had put money back for at the time uh, and ended up working out okay but you know at 27 years old for your compressors and heat pumps that is past the life expectancy of those units and uh, we what we learned is that in a you know and, and and down here in the North Houston area y'all don't experience cold temperatures near as much as in the north you know the Dallas area but um, you know we were closer to Shreveport at the time and we would get d- dipped down to, into the 20s you know, probably about Two weeks out of the year, yeah, and and twenty four seven that heat pump ran. It never got to the temperature that we wanted it to get to because the insulation was poor in the home. Mm-hmm. And so two things I wish I had I had learned about I had I had prepared myself for. One is the fact that really right off the bat those uh, the the units need to be needed to be replaced uh, because m- not only did they not heat the house to the degree that we wanted it to be heated, but my electricity bills. Because everything was electric. There was no gas on the property at all. And, and that's something to look into when you're looking at a property as well is do you have natural gas resources or, or, or are you willing to put in a propane, yeah. uh, exterior propane tank, which is what I did on the, the last house that I bought. And I do it again in a heartbeat. So I didn't know either one of those two things. And number two is going and looking at sufficient insulation in your attic. You know, you're not able to just, you know, rip your paneling off your walls, which we didn't have drywall. That tells you the age of the house. It was <laughs> wow. delicious wood paneling oh, in that house. Oh, yeah. Yummy. Uh, different textures and colors, and it's just wonderful. Uh, but <laughs> there was not nearly enough insulation in, in the second floor. And so, you know, having somebody come in and and, and really explain to me, as a at the time, a, you know, a 28-year-old, that this is what you want. You know, this is the amount of insulation you want. You have kind of a minimal insulation. You've got two by six joists up there, and I can still see the top of all of them. (laughs) And so, you know, I'm talking about four inches of insulation in my ceiling with a heat pump unit that can't keep up with it, and so my electricity bills are through the roof, which I could have helped a lot of that by going in initially and just adding a little bit of extra insulation to the home. And so I think, number one, that, that would have been my biggest thing up front because it really cost me. I was able to come in and and replace those units, but um, at the same time also add insulation. So really cut back on all those at the, at the same time.
0: Hey, Craig. Yes. Maybe you should spend a stimulus check on that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our episode a few That's right. uh, episodes back where we talked. Where I specifically said. It's a great way to spend your stimulus check is, so is on insulation. So not
2: on big screen televisions.
0: Well, that, that's funny because we, we actually talk through those things. Yeah. It's like there's some things that you can do to actually improve your home, and most people don't look at things like insulation. But it can really, really save you. And what you're telling me is that for you specifically, looking at some of those things like this is something that can significantly change the value of my home, mm-hmm. and it can also change the monthly bills that I pay for my home, and and how my HVAC system actually works, and the longevity that I'm going to get out of those things. So like, it's just a it's a big deal. Yeah. So well,
2: at the time there were a lot of available tax credits for going in with energy efficient systems, and yeah. so, uh, you know, this really plays into the idea of the stimulus check. We were we were gifted some money from a. Uh, an oil lease that a family, a family member got. And I've I've never cried at a Christmas present before in my life, but was given the option of $3,500. Now the whole system in and of itself was about eight grand, but because of the tax breaks for clean energy and different things at the time, because you know, we're talking about 2009 at this point, we were able to get the whole system for about $4,000. And I opened this and I knew I'd been pricing it because we were just struggling every month in the winter months to make this happen. And never in my life did I think if I was given thirty five hundred dollars, I'm gonna spend this on an air conditioner. I would have bought right. Rangers tickets. I would have bought, <laughs> right. you know, a down payment on a, on a new television. But yep. I was so happy to get to buy a new heat pump mm. uh, because it would change it, you know, drastically change your life. Don't think about it in the moment. Think about every month what you're putting back towards your expenses and think about the ease that the, the burden that that takes off you every month. And it's I don't, I'm I'm not even concerned about the long term investment because that's easy to understand. Yeah. It's that month to month. I can exhale this month, and it, it made a huge difference in our life at the time. Mm.
0: That That's actually the most mature thing I've ever heard him say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: because we only talk about immature things. That's it's your just, fault. <laughs> it's either that or you don't talk that often. That's ah, right. No,
1: it's, 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 <laughs> right. It's, it's not the truth. Uh, that's funny. All right, that's Kev. W- w- first house, square footage, th-
0: yeah, bedroom, so, bathroom. So first house we had um, – That we ever owned was um it was a four two and a half and interestingly enough it was only 1950 square feet but this thing felt bigger than that though man it felt so big like this place had two living areas Mm -hmm. and a really big kitchen and a whole addition on the back end of it that was basically a living area a a master bedroom and and a bathroom in and of itself and um it, it was laid out and it's funny the, we we
2: talk about this house in that second living area with additional master bedroom made the it may, almost made it feel like two houses combined in a lot of ways yeah it did so i would i would
0: expect this house was probably like a 1450 1500 square foot house before mm. that addition was was put on uh-huh. and um so so yeah it was it was a great house the layout was really really good um I mean, 1950, it felt much bigger than that. It was no big deal for us to have. Multiple times we had like 20, 20 plus people in that house just because of the, the job that I did and the things that I did in that house. But, um, but yeah, it had a really nice backyard. It really and sounds
1: she, like you're in a bad Tom Cruise movie at that point. So <laughs> <laughs> the things I did in that house. The uh, things I did in that
0: house. We had a really nice backyard. Um. It was, uh, you know, we we lived in Arkansas at the time. We got a really good deal on the house. We felt like
2: just property values were um, trash in Arkansas. Yeah,
0: no doubt. <laughs> they were they really weren't great at the time. Uh, plus, we bought it in 2009, so I mean the, the housing yeah, there market was, the housing market was not very good at that yeah. time. Uh, we had two sheds in the backyard. One of them was um, fully uh, air conditioned and, and insulated and, and tile floor. Great um, deck on that house yeah, as well. Yeah, the deck was really, really nice, and then we actually added on to the deck. So there, there are some things we learned about this house um, early on. It was like, how, what, what are the types of things that you can do to increase the value of the mm-hmm. home? And, and one of those things is just live a livable space. Like, w- what can you do to increase the livable space? And so, 1950. I mean, a lot of people look at that and go, "Man, that's not very much." Especially whenever you look at a four, two and a half. I mean, that's a lot of bedrooms. A lot of small rooms, bedrooms. A lot of yeah. small bedrooms. Yeah. It yeah. feels like that, but they really didn't feel that small. Um, but So one of the things we did was we were able to increase the size of the deck. We had a pretty good-sized deck, and we added on to it. And so you look at the types of things you can do outdoor living and, and ways to just kind of increase the space in the house. And the other thing that we did, you mentioned insulation. We added insulation. We added gutters on that house. It had gutters, but we replaced them. There's a lot of little things you do like this that, that homeowners that come into a house behind you go, man, those those are things we don't have to do. We don't have to worry about those types of things, right? So yeah. um, what, what are the types of things you can do to a home that go, look, these are going to increase the value of my home. I can't – maybe I can't increase the square footage of my home, right? Maybe I can't increase – I mean th- this house had a uh, – probably the biggest downside of this house is a one-car carport. And we, like, if you were actually looking at the types of things that you wanted in the house, we wanted a two-car garage. <laughs>
2: we got a one-car <laughs> carport that was usually filled up with your camper.
0: Yeah, it's actually true. We had a we had our we had a little pad on the side of it. We put our camper on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, those are some of the things you kind of go, okay, we can compromise on these sorts of things, but. Um, you know, I had good storage in the house. It had a uh, good outdoor living space and those sorts of things. But you know, we lived in that house for uh, seven and a half years. We loved that house. To this day, there there are types of things we we kind of we kind of talk from time to time. Like if we were to build a new house, we would probably incorporate some of the things that were in that house just because it was laid out really really well. Nineteen hundred and fifty square feet. You mentioned Eric a house that you had that was pretty low square footage yeah, but
2: 1390 the,
0: right yeah. but the but it felt much bigger than that you know yeah. so anyway that was our first house
1: yeah so, so. What, what what did you what do you wish that you knew then that you know now
0: dude i didn't know anything so just something yeah I, <laughs> I knew nothing when when we bought this house uh, it was our very first house that we ever had purchased. Well, and you
2: right? didn't even grow up in a house that your family owned.
0: No, we lived in a parsonage. Yeah. Uh, we lived in a house that was owned by a church, and um, it was a pretty nice house, yeah. to be honest. But but a lot of those things were far out. Taken care of by other yeah. people. Yeah, so like if we had a plumbing issue, we just called the plumber and sure. someone else paid for it. So. I really didn't grow up having to take care of a house in any way, shape, or form. I mean, mm. Yeah, I had to mow the grass and those sorts of things. But beyond that, uh, other people took care of, for, of it for us. So this was a huge learning curve for us because we had to figure out, like, what do we want? How much do we pay for this thing? And what kind of upkeep is it? And uh, well, here I'll tell you one of the things that, that was really interesting I think one of the things you have to to look at whenever you buy a house is just think about okay, how do you take care of your your most valued possessions? How do you take care of those things? I mean, I looked back after living in that house for about eight uh, about six years. I looked back at the inspection. I had never looked at it before, and I noticed that there was only like one thing on that that inspection that we hadn't fixed. In that amount of time, it was little things uh, that, that we were like, you know, we need to check on this. We need to check on that. And I think one of the things we learned that we didn't know is just how to take care of a house. Yeah. It's to it notice things. It's like, look, there's a crack in the ceiling over there. Where did that happen? What do I need to do to take care of that? Yeah. Uh, why am I feeling like my my energy bill is more every month than it should be? Well, it could be little things like. Uh, like insulation, it right. could be little things like, like, Craig, you and I have talked about multiple times, like just checking the weather stripping around your doors, right, right, to make sure that, that bugs stay out, make sure the air isn't seeping in in those areas, um, and just making sure that things are generally taken care of. You know, I think a lot of people just they don't they don't think about the things that just need to be taken care of, so that you don't wind up with a big problem down the road, and so. We learned a lot of those types of things uh, living in this house. Just um, you know what, <laughs> I kind of liken it to the first camper that we ever had, which was a piece of junk <laughs> in many ways. But it was like we learned a lot about just how to hook up a camper, right. things that we need to have in the camper in case something went wrong, those sorts of things. And, and as we bought a new camper from time to time, it's like we learned things along the way. And so I think sometimes you get into that first house and you go, man – I just don't. I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. Right. You know, that's half the battle is just choosing to figure it
2: out along the way. So. Well, and seeing that house before and then seeing it house after, I think one of the things that y'all learned is how to increase value in your home. And so y'all did a remodel. Yeah, we part did. of the way through that, and, and and little things that are beyond just the kitchen and the bathroom. So I think are the first places that people usually tend to invest their money. You did you did something that's simple. But for a person coming in, a prospective buyer coming looking at their house, you built a media closet. Mm-hmm. And so you routed all of your things away from a console that would be sitting on the floor. You put your receiver, you put your Blu-ray player, you put all your game game thing, gaming things in that closet. Mm-hmm. Hit it away from – I use IR receivers to kind of fix all that. And so it's something that really increases the, the – the beauty of your home from the outside eye and it helped you in the process of not just being a homeowner being a seller of that home for someone to come in and and see this this is a this is a well maintained home this isn't this doesn't look like a 25 year old home
0: yeah that's a good point because we actually uh when we remodeled that home we kind of thought okay what what types of things do we want to do in order to make this more um more uh, appealing to the people that are going to come in. And one of the things we did is we just we we created jacks for uh, for speakers.
2: Your banana jacks all of Yeah, the
0: banana jacks uh, for uh, you know just inline speakers, so that the next person that had to come if they wanted to put in a 5.1 surround sound system, the only thing they had to do is is buy the speakers, mm-hmm. and and no wires were ever going to be exposed. And like you said, the 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 Blu-ray player, the receiver. All of the components of those things were back in a closet somewhere else. And so it's one of those things where we created a media room mm-hmm. out of a living room, yep. and it, 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 it didn't cost us much money because we were already remodeling the space. It we was just thinking ahead, like what are the types of things that I think that, that an investor someday down the road would look at this and go – this is a great house. I don't have to invest this money. Yeah. It's already been invested. You know, what didn't really cost us that much more. We were already doing the remodel, right? What are some types of things that we could wire in? And Craig, you talked actually recently in that stimulus check episode about, man, it would be great if my my house was more smart. Right? Yeah, like we could put in lighting all over the place. And it's those types of things where you look at. I'm doing. I'm already doing a remodel. I'm already spending some money. What type of wiring could I put in here so mm-hmm. that Someone down the road doesn't have to think through this again. Those types of things, you look at them down the road and you go, man, I made a really smart choice because I'm able to increase the value of my home, and it didn't really cost me all that much money.
1: Yeah, in, in that episode, I was what I was talking about was specifically the Lutron system. Yeah. Um, because one of the reasons I really like that one is because you can actually add additional switches without having to run any
0: wires. Yes,
1: um and the the switches they're, they're i mean what do they call them i forget what they call them they're, but they're um they're almost like little remote controls yeah but they jack right you can you can buy a faceplate for them and they just snap into the wall and so they look just like all the other switches yeah but so you can have multiple swi- so you don't have to do the three-way wiring like you would usually have to do which is just confusing to me i don't understand how it Electricity works. Yeah, <laughs> just give me the right. Just give me the switch. Right. Um. But like, not only that, like, because it, like like you we were saying, it creates the, the the smart aspect of the home because you're then able to voice control all the lights in the house. Right. So it takes a little bit of work because you have to program them.
0: Yeah, but it's it's that point it's that point of thinking ahead, right? Yeah. It's like uh, what what down the road. Is going to be one of the most desirable things. It's not just necessarily what has always worked, but what will work in the future. Right? Yeah, and that,
1: that's a I mean, like that would be like a significant like if I were to sell this house right now, that would be like a significant piece I would have to part with mm-hmm. because you would have to leave like that router yep. for the Lutron system in the house in order so that they could then use all the lights that we've programmed in, in the house. Right. Um. So like it is like even though it's it's I think it's like a hundred dollar piece of equipment like it's a hundred dollar piece of equipment sure i I, you you usually buy something like that and you're like i'm gonna take that with me mm -hmm. like no you're not
0: no (laughs) not not if you actually want to sell your house right (laughs) just people are gonna go wait a minute i want that wait a sec right (laughs) it's like lots of people will say things little things like oh i want you to leave the refrigerator Right. Because it matches the other appliances. Uh-huh. You're like, okay, fine. If I want to actually sell my house, I gotta leave the, <laughs> I gotta leave the refrigerator and then I'm gonna have to go buy another one,
2: right? Yeah. Well that makes sense because if you have automated blinds, you want the thing that runs the automated yes. blinds. It's a little bit different with the refrigerator. Because right. you could say like, I hey, can buy a refrigerator, but I can't make the blinds go up and down nope. if you don't leave behind that hundred dollar router. Right. So yeah. you're looking at that as that's a View it as something that's affixed to your walls because those are the things you have to sell with your home. Mm -hmm. It's going to go with your home.
0: Yeah, and and if you do that correctly, then it's not going to be a big deal, right? You've built it into the price of the house. Mm -hmm. Like now your house is worth a little bit more because of those types of things. So it just makes sense. Yep.
2: So –
1: I'm, well, and you say the refrigerator, but I'm, if it's like one of those smart glass Samsung. I'm not and,
2: leaving that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So you
0: actually have a TV inside your refrigerator? What? Yeah.
2: I will leave you a refrigerator. I will not leave you this that refrigerator. refrigerator. Right. right. This refrigerator knows my name now. I've taught it my name. right. Good old cracker from the garage. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, so Craig,
0: tell me, tell us about yours. Uh,
1: so mine was a 2,200 square foot four two. Okay. And I think technically the fourth bedroom was like an office slash bedroom. Sure. A lot of people use them for bedrooms. Um, it was actually a model home. Oh. Um, that uh, we so it was a negotiation between my wife that we even ended up in a neighborhood for our first home because uh, I would have been more happy underneath a tent on some land, but we couldn't afford that when we first got married. We well, we could have afforded the tent and the land.
2: <laughs> a, just just said, the, the land, minute. not the tent. Well, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so we would have had to you know, kill the yak and then skin him and <laughs> oh, all that kind of stuff. Beautiful so analogy. it would have taken some time. We would have done it. Um, But, yeah, so it was – a. It, it it was it was it was a you know starter neighborhood kind of a deal but we we found a neighborhood that was closing out their construction process and basically the only things that they had left uh were their model homes and they they were having a time unloading them and this was this was right before the real estate crash in in 2018 in 2008 um and so prices hadn't hadn't taken that dive bomb yet um and, and so real estate was still pretty aggressive at the time, and uh, we we kind of went in, we toured the house, we liked the house. I mean, It wasn't perfect because it was they'd been using it as an office, um, and it didn't have a driveway, because because it was a model home.
0: Oh, okay. Um, but
1: in so the neighborhood
2: it, though.
0: In, so in the it, neighborhood. Yeah. Was it just like landscaped?
1: It was landscaped. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so like. With the purchase, they they had the agreement that they would then put in remove the landscaping and put in the
0: driveway. All
2: right.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so we went in. We liked it. It was going to be a good size house for us. I was in a similar situation with Kevin. We we're going to be having lots of people over from week to week. Right. And and so it was a good and it had a big open concept, which was nice because you know the bedroom could sort of stay sequestered from everything else, and then you know we could entertain people in the big open room. Um. But, when we went in and sat down, I thought they were asking too much for the house and and so, our real estate agent was like, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "Well, you know, just offer them twenty thousand less than what they're what they're asking because they're obviously not moving this house. It's the only two left they they had this one and then the really nice model next door, and they were going to have a way easier time moving that one is a bigger house. it was a prettier house and I said, "Well, just I, you know offer twenty below and uh, my, my wife kind of like, you know, gave me the elbow. It's like, you can't do that. It's rude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine that your wife would have done that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, let's, let's just go ahead and do that. And like, you know, if they don't like it, they can always just say no. Sure. Um, or, you know, like it opens negotiations. Well, they took the offer. Nice. And, and so we were able to get into a much nicer house than, and, and at a a more affordable price. Right. And, And just because, you know, now, I mean like the, the crappy part was is like that the value of the house tanked mm. in like the next six months.
0: That's just because of the nature of the the market, right? Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yep. So so that sucked.
2: Been there.
0: But you know
1: we we had agreed that we were going to try and stay there four to five years, mm. and it was it was a negotiation in our in our marriage because it was like I don't want to live in a neighborhood like I was. I was like, I'm, I'm willing to be miserable for four years mm-hmm. as long as we can work towards getting towards something else. Right. Um, and it just so happened that when we when we sold that one, when we got ready to sell that one, and we found the place that we're living in now, um, that we that, that was so Exxon opened their campus right down the street, basically, and which skyrocketed real estate value.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of people all of a sudden looking to f- to buy in yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, I, I
1: think at the time they were looking to have like 30,000 people on Jeez. the campus of that of that complex. And so like we were we were within 5 minutes driving distance of that of that campus. Wow. And we didn't know that when we bought the place. It sure. Just, it's just hap- you know, like we're not smart. <laughs> we we just we just dumb lucked into yeah. that one and so like when we put it on the market we had international buyers with with cash offers
0: mm. like the next day right
1: um you know because they they wanted to to basically flip it into a rent house sure um and, and so like i'll just tell you guys i mean like right off the bat I mean, if you ask me what i learned
0: i wish i would have learned that lesson like i wish i still had that house right uh because it, it, it's a cash cow yeah because at that point it was worth a certain amount, but that Exxon campus isn't going anywhere. No,
1: and, and right. like, right now, like, I know that that house that we owned is worth three times what we paid for it. Wow. So, I mean, like, if nothing else, I could have just pulled the equity out of it. Sure. Like, the the what the, what they call the phantom passive income. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, like money that, like, just, you know, appeared out of nowhere yeah. because, you know, real estate values just went through the roof.
0: So do you think there's something to be said for people that buy a first house, choose to buy a second house for whatever reason, mm-hmm. whether they move or whether um, it's just a job situation, they have to move, whatever? Do you think there's something to be said about just owning that home still and renting it out? Oh, for sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, like it, it gives you a lot of uh, tax tax advantages mm-hmm. for one. Um, But two, I mean, like if you can if you can make it to where it, you know, what 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 they call cash flow, you know, where like you know, and what what that essentially means is that the renter is paying more than what the mortgage costs you, right? You know, after after all the expenses are paid, then like why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, so well, I would say the biggest barrier to entry in that in that mindset that model is just. How am I going to afford another mortgage whenever I've already got a mortgage? Right. And I think a lot of a lot of that is just not understanding the real estate market, not understanding the fact that. Um, well, like like we right do, now,
1: you it, it'd be really difficult to do that, right? Because like. Well, well, sure. Because
0: housing, the housing market right now is ridiculous.
1: It, it is, and like here's here's what's ridiculous about it is because we we we've had this conversation about because we we could net about. 200 grand by selling this place right now. Sure. You know, purely because it's, it's just gone up in value that much yeah. based off what people would be willing to pay for it. Yeah. But like selling, it's the easy part.
0: Right. But then you got to turn we, around and get into something
1: else. Where do we go? Right. And like, what am I willing to pay to right. get into that? Yep. And like, I'm not, you know, I, what am I, I'm just not willing to do that right now. I don't want to do that
0: here. Right. The, the prices are just ridiculous. Yeah, because it's all relative, right? I mean, if the housing market is high, yeah, you're going to be able to sell your house at a premium. But then whatever you buy is going to be at a premium as well.
2: Well, right? and with construction costs, what they are right now, that's what I'm running into. You mentioned earlier, Craig, that I'm looking at. I've got, I'm under contract on 34 acres right now. Yeah. But it's a really weird conundrum because lumber costs are through the roof, steel costs are through the roof right now. Uh, you know, if you're looking at a, a sheet of MDF from I, I built three years ago, uh, nine dollars. Now right. you're looking at thirty-nine ninety-five. Right. For the same same sheet of pl- plywood, I mean, you know that's generous calling MDF plywood. Right. But uh, at the same on the same token, we're looking at historically low interest rates right. on permanent loans on thirty-year fixed interest rate loans anywhere from two point six to three point one percent if you have a good credit rating. And so over the course of the next six to nine months, those are guaranteed to increase. And so some people are holding off on on, a, on building a home because they're hoping to see construction costs go down. Yeah. At the same time, your loan interest rate is guaranteed to go up over the next six to nine months. They're projecting at the earliest that lumber costs will not decrease until November of this year, at the earliest, if they do by then. And so I find myself in this interesting position of do I go ahead and build? Mm -hmm. And get significantly less than what I got three years ago, but lock in an incredibly low interest rate, historically low interest rate, or do I wait, you know, put myself in a temporary position, whether that be through – for us, what's going to be a travel trailer – Uh, And just you know, kind of kind of stay on the property, uh, the tent, if you will, and uh, you know do that for a little while. How how does that affect my family? You know, and so uh, there's a lot of things to consider, and there's really no great answer. If you talk to anyone in the banking industry, it's all kind of a toss up. You know, you may you may end up a year from now with lower construction rates, but in in, you know extensively higher uh, interest rates. And so there's not a great answer to what what we do right now we're in a, we're in a bit of a conundrum right now if one of those was any different than the other it'd be an easy answer but right now it's just you know the the scales are kind of leveled out and there's not a good answer moving forward
1: yeah I, I, when we were talking earlier today with our, our buddy eric uh at over in portland i mean like he's he was telling us that like con- construction prices are up over 300% mm-hmm. you know and so like i think that's an important thing to weigh out is like am i willing to pay 300% more for the materials in order to build this home, is that is that more expensive than one to two ticks up on my interest rate? Mm-hmm. You
0: well, know? And at the end of the day, most people don't know. They don't do the math. No, no, yeah. no. there's math involved in this, <laughs> and they just don't know. Yeah. And so they're relying on a realtor, or they're re- relying on their mortgage lender, or mm. they're relying on – the market in and of itself just to produce that information for them mm-hmm. rather than going in and doing the actual math what is actually going to be best for me and so you know we you, Eric you mentioned earlier that that my family is looking at, at buying some land and we are the the problem with that is is we've just basically decided it's worth waiting mm-hmm. and and it's just because it's one of those deals where even if you buy a piece of property then with, what? within what do, do you put it? Do you build a structure on it because the amount of money they're going to spend to build a structure on it, or do you buy something that's already got a structure on it, and then you just wind up remodeling it or do whatever you have to do? At the end of the day, you just have to weigh and understand the fact that we're in a very relative place. The amount of money you're going to spend on it is very relative to the interest rate. At the end of the day… Uh, six months down the the road a year down the road, maybe interest rates are higher, but maybe lumber and steel prices actually go down, and so it, it it's six and one half times than the other sometimes
2: and in your position you you have that ability to wait I was in a position where i didn't i didn't i i wasn't interested in building right now that was right. not my desire to do so and so this is this is not the economy that I was hoping for to find myself in this position right now and you know, if I if I had the advice to some to, to give someone right now, I would say wait. Yeah. Y'all y'all are in a position where y'all can do that and I think that's absolutely the right the right decision right now. If you can find a great a great price on some real estate and you have the expendable income to do so, take it while you can get it. Uh, but on the rest of it, hold off and 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 and, and do that long-term math. It's going to it's, it's it's a very minimal amount of work up front to save yourself some long-term headaches and some long-term financial. You know, look at the amortization of your loan, and you see what's going to happen over the course of even if you do a thirty-year fixed, and you want to pay it off in twenty-two years or twenty years, do that math. Mm-hmm. You know, understand understand what you're going to put in in the long term. It's never a decision you're going to regret in the long term.
0: Yeah, because so many times I think what happens is we make emotional decisions. Yeah, for decisions, sure, for sure. Right? We find a property that's like, oh, we have to have it. Yeah. Like, I'm, that's the perfect property. It's got the. The square footage that we want, it's got the number of bedrooms that we want, it's in the neighborhood that we want, it's the school district that we want, right? All of those sorts of things. And the problem is that you don't necessarily recognize the fact that that exact type of property could pop up somewhere else. Um, and so you wind up making an emotional decision rather than a financial decision. And I'll tell you right now, emotional decisions can put you in a place where you're not financially viable, Mm. right it puts you in a place where it's like look you can't afford that you don't really want to afford that it 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 feels good but it doesn't make financial sense right so you know i think one of the things we learned early on whenever we bought a house is it's way better to get into something that's below what you can afford 100%, 100%. So, so that you can
2: you got some wiggle room.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The wiggle room is so important and it's so easy. It's so easy because the banks make it easy to buy something more expensive than what you can actually afford. And then you're out there eating ramen noodles sitting <laughs> in your, you know, 4200 square foot house and it's like, "What did I just do?" Yeah. And why? And do, and and for what purpose? Right? Yeah. So I think there's so many things that, that we can look back on and go, man, if I just would have been a little bit smarter, if I would have just waited a little bit longer, if I would have just you know, asked the right question, if I would have hired the right realtor, if I would have made sure that the right mortgage lender actually had my best interest in mind rather than just like seeing me as another number, right? Yeah. Um, all of these things are things you need. And, and honestly, like if you're going to buy land, what type of ag exemption can you get? And, and can you manage, can you manage? Is there already an ag exemption there? Or are you going to have to produce it yourself? Right? So all of these types of things have to filter into your mindset and it's not an easy answer. It's the biggest decision you'll ever make.
2: And in going through the construction process, one of the things that I learned that I never learned in going through a traditional permanent loan process, uh, when you go through you, – maybe you go to lending tree yeah. and you determine, I want to get my five best offers because that's what lending tree will tell you. When you go through a construction process, you actually have to go through a local bank, through a credit union to get that construction loan on your property. A banker is going to tell you – and this is the same thing that a mortgage company won't tell you, but is true – they're going to lend you 40% of your income Jeez. towards your mortgage. Yeah. Now, you can do some serious math, and you think, man, I can afford a lot of house. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, but when's the last time you actually put 40% of your income just towards your rent, mm-hmm. just towards your mortgage? And the answer is never. Right. And so when you really go out there and you look at what I possibly can afford, and they, the bank tells you, yeah, we'll lend you that money, it's because they know this is the maximum livable amount that if you cut everything else out of your life, you can still afford it. Sure. And so the idea that just because you can afford something, as you were just saying, doesn't mean you should. Yeah, just because you can financially pull it off, doesn't mean your life isn't going to be in shambles as a result.
0: Right. You're, you're cheating the system. Mm. And really, at the end of the day, you're cheating yourself.
2: Yeah, you're hurting yourself.
0: Yeah. And so one of the things that I would say that you did really, really well, Eric, is you you bought houses below what, what you could have bought, right? you spent a lot of time fixing those things up. And it, it could be little things or it could be big things. But at the end of the day, you increased the value of your home. You sold them at a premium. And so you were able to get into a bigger house, a, 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 a greater amount of property because you, you put the effort in upfront, right? Well,
2: I know you look at me and you think that's an incredibly good-looking man. And that's what I look I've, at when I see the mirror, Rick. Well, it's I've, easy
1: when you're sitting next to him. Yeah. yeah by a, comparison. I've never thought <laughs> no, that. No,
2: but <laughs> I'm also I'm also f- almost 41 years old. I would that, say that... That's obvious, by what, the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> What we... I'm a... I'm a, I'm a, i am get carded everywhere. I I'm, a, I'm a great looking forty year old. Yeah, man. they they
1: card everyone under yeah, sixty five. If I, I was told. mean, I would ask if it's like the AARP. But <laughs> right. I'm getting the
2: mailers already. I'm getting them. I'm the oldest person sitting. at But I'm this not table. a mean guy. I wouldn't you do, that would to do that. I would never do that. I would never do that. And so, what were we talking about? I do y'all, y'all derailed the <laughs> snot out of me there. Was, I had a great place I was going to. But, uh, oh, man. All right. I, new, new topic. I honestly don't know. Craig? Anything? What, no, what, what were he and I just talking about before that? I was,
1: I'm really just too proud of my AARP oh, comment. Y'all,
2: just, y'all, 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 ruined, y'all ruined all of it. Uh, I, I should have a rewind and pause button right yeah, now. But that's what that's, happens
1: when you're friends with gingers, man. Look at it. Oh,
2: there's nothing you can do
0: at that point. <laughs> it just is what it is. Uh. But... I'll tell you this, like I, I I don't know who's listening right now, but what I do know is that I feel like we've thrown out a lot of really, really good stuff. <laughs>
2: I'm not lying. Of course you like, feel that way. No, no,
0: I really do. I think there's a lot of people out there that if they listen to this and truly take to heart some of the things we've talked about, like there's a lot of people that could succeed simply by by understanding... Where they're coming from, where they actually want to go, and the types of things that it's gonna take you to get there.
2: I think you I, think I, you, remember. I think you remembered where you were going now. I was off camera but my face <laughs> just exploded. <laughs> and so you, you were discussing investments made over the last you know, course of my life. I mean, you're right. by, buying a home at twenty five. I think the the American perspective looking at it now, regardless of age, is I want what my parents have. Okay. And so kids are coming out of college at 23, 24, if they went to college at all. Mm-hmm. They've been living with their parents. They're like, I want what my parents have. I want a 3,500-square-foot house on this lot. One of the things I early on acknowledge is my parents, who Kevin has known since early childhood, uh, my, growing up on – my dad's a cotton farmer. Uh, they worked their way up. I grew up in a very small home and moved my way up just the same way. And so one of the things I acknowledge is at 25, I'm not going to have the house that my 40-year-old parents have. Sure. And so – in investing, building, adding on to, uh, growing up in a, a multifaceted family, was able to do electrical work, was able to do exterior work, was able to, to work on, on drywall, on, on different, everything basically short of plumbing and foundational work. And so was able to net large sums of money on each home that I sold. Having said that, I purchased a home at 38 that, un, I, you know, I really felt like that was going to be the home I was going to retire in and, and looked at it from the aspect of, in spite of a profession that does not pay incredibly well because of the investments that I had made over the years in homes and the amount I had netted, I was able to put down close to a quarter million dollars Mm. from all of the money that I had invested. And so when people would look at my profession and and, and my spouse's profession at the time, they would say, how did y'all afford this? And it was because of the fact that we weren't trying to be 40 at 25. Oh, man,
0: that's huge.
2: Yeah. And so we were living well within our means, mm-hmm. underneath our means. And then we got to the point where we could easily afford more than we should have and looked at it as, an, as a long term investment mm-hmm. that we would not have a mortgage after the age of 65, that we could sell it and come out way on top and looked at it as a retirement opportunity. And I think if more people were willing to live under, as you said, Kevin, underneath, their means, mm-hmm. and not right at the line, then they would have the opportunity as they got older and looked to the future and made five and ten and fifteen year plans. That I don't have to be my parents at twenty five, mm. which is I would I would say not to the equality of COVID, but is a pandemic in our country of I want everything and I want it now. Yeah. Mm.
0: No, I think you're exactly right. I think it's one of those things where where we live in a Burger King type of. Of society, right? Like have it your way, right? Yeah. And it's one of those deals where just incremental steps can put you in a in a really big place to win. And so a lot of those things equal certain things. Like we, uh, Craig, you and I have a friend right now that um their their house flooded during this last um yeah. this last freeze, and they they bought their house really inexpensively. And then because they lived there for a long time, they lived there for, for close to, to 10 years now, because of that, they're going to be able to sell that house after getting it renovated from the flooding. They're going to be able to sell that house for so – probably double what they paid for it. possibly even more than double what they paid for it. And over those last 10 years, they've been paying down that mortgage. Yeah. And so – Again, here
2: if, at the Homeowners Podcast, we do not advocate waiting on insurance to pay off the value of your yeah, home. <laughs> <insurance. laughs> That's exactly
0: right. But that being said, like there, there's a lot of ways that you can say, look, if I wait another year, another two years, another five years, like the amount of things that I can possibly do from here, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So just be patient. Make sure that you're not over-investing. Make sure that you're not getting into a place where you, you're over-committing yourself um, those types of things will really, really pay off in the future. For sure. So. We'll do that. We, we've, we've waxed eloquently on this for well over an hour. Dude, it's been. What an,
2: happened to let's make this 30 let's minutes? Let's make this 30.
0: Yeah. Yeah. An hour and 10 minutes later, Whoa. it's after midnight. Nobody is actually watching us live. <laughs> Good for them. They're probably asleep. <laughs> they have lives. <laughs> They're like, I, it's bedtime. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> it's fine. Oh. Somebody's gonna watch this and gain some knowledge that wasn't, so. wasn't dropped on them. Oh, dude, ton, tons of people watch this. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, like tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, well,
1: yeah, they will. I mean, like, like the the numbers on Facebook are strong. They're yeah. they're they're creeping up on on YouTube pretty readily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's and it's it's such a good topic because like I I actually hope that like people who are potential first time home home buyers actually listen to that.
0: Yeah. So, 100. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, hey, listen. Thank you guys for for tuning in tonight to uh, tonight's episode, this morning's episode, whichever one you're listening to. Uh, thank you very, very much, uh, Eric. Thanks for for joining us tonight. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me.
2: Yeah, man. Happy to be here for your birthday. Happy to celebrate. And um, thank y'all for having me. It's, I mean home ownerships of it's, it's a big thing and, and especially as someone you know we haven't even discussed this tonight my, my actual career is in ministry I'm a preaching minister at a church and so a lot of guys in my position don't even have homes to begin with and so I'm right. really I'm really grateful for the opportunity to uh, have built equity in a home to have a home when I retire to look at this as an investment opportunity to be able to continue to pour into that and so um, man I would I would just you know I know that this is like y'all's bread and butter but always, always increasing the value of your home because as someone who, uh, you know, not only when I, I lose my job, I have to move my, leave my community. Mm. It, it, it has happened to me in my life. And so uh, having a home that, that is not just a uh, type of home that you love but a type of home that other people would love, that you're continually adding improvements into, uh, it's something that has been in my consciousness for the last 20 years and it it has paid great dividends over the course of time when I found myself in that position of always thinking from that perspective. And so make it the type of home that you love but the type of home that anybody would love, and uh, you're never going to regret those kind of decisions. Yeah,
0: mm. it's not just a place to live, right? Absolutely not. I mean it, it, it is a place to live, but it's more than that, right? It's an investment. It's a type of place that you want to, to feed into. So. Yep. Look, that, that's what we're all about here at The Homeowner Show. We're about helping you find a way to own your house a little bit better to to increase your quality of life and, and honestly, to increase your family's quality of life yeah. and those sorts of things as well. So, listen, thank you for, for tuning in to uh, today's episode. And uh, we're here each and every Tuesday. If you have not already, please go click the subscribe button. Apple is actually changing some things, right? There's,
1: there's some changes coming.
0: Yeah, some things are some things are changing. If you hadn't already seen it, if you hadn't already heard of it, some things are coming. But um, you know, we're gonna be here each and every Tuesday, providing you continual content. So go leave us a rating and review. That would really, really be helpful for us. We really, really appreciate you guys. But uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you later. See ya.